Hi, and welcome to the HSP World Podcast. With each episode, we invite a guest with the HSP trait to have a conversation about a burning HSP-related question that they have. We're not coaches or therapists. We are HSPs holding space with you. I'm one of your hosts, Thomas, and your other hosts are... Robin. And Rain. All right. So we're back with another episode and a new guest, Sebastian, is joining us today. How are you, Sebastian? Pleasure to make your acquaintance. I'm fine, nervous, and looking forward. Yes. (laughs) Nervous and excited. Cool. Sebastian, maybe you can uh, start by telling us a little bit your HSP story, how you became acquainted with the trait. Okay, Uh, it's somehow a weird story. We tried to bring it to a good storyline. I always felt like an alien in my family and all the groups where I was in the football club or in school. I knew something is wrong with me. Uh, Maybe I was overreacting to judgments or stuff like that, but I knew there is something. But when I started thinking, let's say it was 21, when I really started reflecting what happened in my life so far, I I was on the search for books like uh, what kind of archetype can I be? What does the Bible say there? Uh, or what do psychologists says, I say? And I stumbled over the book of Elaine Aaron. I read the title, it was really intriguing, but I never touched it because I'm not a person considered as sensitive. If you ask all my friends, uh, they wouldn't characterize me as such. But one day uh, my sister watched a video with my family about my childhood somehow, or I was in that video. And she said, Sebastian, wow, you were so sensitive. Then I gave it a try and uh, made the test. And yes, I scored quite high points. And I asked my godmother, who is my, my, my island in the sea, uh, when it's about empathic, about the compassion I needed. She said, absolutely, I'm 100%. And she had already talks with her psychologist and he would characterize me as well. So that what made me in the end uh, aware what kind of name the child has, let's say so. Uh, yes, but still, as I said, I am, I'm not considered as an insensitive person, so still I felt like an alien. So I doubt one day and another time, I'm very proud of the toolkit I got. So I think that was... Cool. So it was uh, quite a shift in your, like a change to your self-perspective uh, or your self-perception to come to that label of sensitivity. The, the label itself, as I said, it just gave the child a name like your guest in the former episode said, or no, in the whatever. Well, it has a name, what, what kind of problem I might have. And that made me way more calm and that gave me a direction where to focus my uh, self-reflectance and yeah, my talks and my self-acceptance especially. That was always the biggest problem. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, sure. Let's move on Thank to you, the question of the day. Could you let us know what your question is? Okay. Um, 
as I said before, HSPs are characterized by the acronym DOES. And a lot of people say, I lack the E. So the emotional reactivity, for example, friend says I make insensitive jokes. My fiance says I am low in compassion. And my family would rather say I'm too intense or too loud. Mm. So my question is, uh, do HSP really behave sensitively or is my way alleged way of um, how I say defense mechanism to prevent too much pain maybe okay great question yeah that is a really good question and and there's something for me there's something about the difference between behaving sensitively and being sensitive yes um so I think may, may I say I, something to that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I figured that out as well the last weeks when I was thinking about my question. I, uh-huh. I talked a little with Robin already about that. Is the the how I perceive things and how I uh, process them in my brain, they can be sensitively, but uh, yeah, well, sensitive behavior is something else. Yes, I absolutely. But that is then related to the empathy I show. Mm-hmm. And this is what I lack in the end. I would say myself, I'm an emotional uh, cripple, I said before. And yes, but still, if that is a normal trait somehow, you know. Well, here's where I can really identify with this, Sebastian, because when I was very, very young, uh, say six or seven years old, I remember, I remember my sensitivity. And I remember that, you know, I would, in, in the family that I grew up in, I remember that I would say something and often it would be immediately shot down. And, you know, I would be told, no, no, don't think that way. You should be thinking this way. Mm-hmm. And, and I remember making a, a very specific decision, even at that young age, I made a decision that I would not talk anymore. Basically, I wouldn't, I wouldn't express my emotions. And so as I grew up as a child, I, I tried to avoid emotions and I tried to avoid revealing to other people what I was feeling. And by the time I was in high school and college, I noticed that I had a very hard time relating with people. Nowadays, it makes sense to me. I mean, nowadays, the way I feel about that is that I was, I, I was disregarding my emotions as a, as a defense mechanism, right? I was basically trying to defend my sensitivity against criticism, if you will. And so I didn't have an opportunity to, to develop empathy and develop emotional language and I had to then develop that as an adult, basically. So in one way, I really identify with what you're saying there because it, it, as a sensitive person, we, we develop, I believe we develop defenses, you know, various defenses against whatever's coming into us. And we're, we're so sensitive, we're, so we're feeling a lot. And sometimes that takes the, the, um, it's sort of like a numbing 
right? We numb ourselves and, and then that then translates into our behaviors. Does that make sense? Does, what? Absolutely. I, well, I'm with you. Absolutely. Um, yeah. It's, yeah. May, may I continue? Sure. <laughs> yeah, actually, I'm really glad you asked this question, Sebastian, because I think it is important to come back to that distinction between the process that's happening, uh, you know, inwardly versus the external behavior, because really the definition of sensitivity that we're working on with is, is an inner process. It may have many typical expressions, but that can be actually very different from one person to the next, from one culture to the next, from one generation to the next. And you have to look beyond the behavior to really tell if someone is highly sensitive. And I mean, even, you know, even on from one day to the next, you know, uh, ironically, people who are highly sensitive, if we're not doing well, if we're overwhelmed, or if we're in a situation that doesn't really, that isn't really favorable to the expression of our insensitivity, we can actually be quite insensitive, right? Like if you're overwhelmed, you don't have room to think about other people. If you're, if your nervous system is just frazzled, you can't be, you can't, you know, frame things sensitively, phrase things sensitively, be patient with other people. Like you, you lose that capacity because you yourself are, are, you know, lacking in resources. So that would be a perfect example of how a highly sensitive person can actually appear very insensitive in the things that they do or say. And then I think the other thing that was interesting, you're mentioning empathy and and Thomas also a little bit like development of emotions. Another thing that I thought about recently is how, you know, even emotional intelligence is not necessarily the same thing as sensitivity. Um, I think there is a kind of emotional intelligence uh, to highly sensitive people in the sense that we, you know, we're picking up on, on that much more information. So, and we might be doing a lot with it. So, you know, that, that is a kind of uh, skill there. But to be able, those other things, those other things like empathy or, you know, knowing your own, knowing your own limits, right? Or uh, negotiating boundaries with people or managing your stress. Like all of that are things that you have to learn to manage. You're not born with those things. So no matter how sensitive your nervous system is, maybe you don't know how to appropriately express your, your needs. Maybe you don't know how to have, you know, strong communication with people around you or how to ask the right questions to figure out what's going on with them. So if if you don't have the emotional intelligence skill sets, it will actually kind of, and and that has to be developed, I believe. I I don't know. I'm not saying this in any official capacity. My understanding is that those things would need to be developed, you know, in actual relationships with people. So if you've, if you've had, for whatever reason, like if you have kind of withdrawn or isolated yourself a little bit or, or even less dramatically just kept to yourself a little bit more, kind of as Thomas was mentioning in his story, like that would make it harder for you to then develop those skills to allow the sensitivity to express itself in your behavior. Yeah, I, 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 agree, I agree with you, Robin. I think I think for me, the, the point that's really kind of standing out for me, and I, I don't know, you know, what 
kind of environment you you grew up in, Sebastian, in the environment I grew up in, it was, you know, it was not safe to express my emotions. <laughs> you know, it was just, that's just the way it was. Um, so, mm. and healthy boundaries were not something that was practiced, right? So, I think these things, um, for me, as an HSP, I think those things had uh, a fairly big impact on me. You know, less less so now as I, you know, as I as I move forward and keep learning about the HSP trait and how to create environment and relationships that are supportive of me and my trait, then uh, you know. It, it's much easier and much, you know, much more rewarding, you know, on a, on a, on a soul level, basically. Right. Absolutely. Um, but I think for, I think for, from what I've seen and from what I kind of gather, I think, um, I think it's tougher on guys who are HSPs because, you know, that toxic masculinity, you know, mm. nonsense that is out there you know, we're all human beings, we all have emotions, and being able to express them without being called, you know, a sissy, or, you know, whatever, or like in my background, it, it was the same thing, you know, I would have been called a sissy, right? So because it, you know, it just, it, it, you know, that's, so I think you're, what, what you kind of grow up and, and what your norm is, you know, can have a big impact on how comfortable you feel expressing your sensitivity and, and being okay with your sensitivity and accepting it and, and growing with it, you know, growing into it uh, and becoming more comfortable in your skin and, and owning your emotions because they're, you know, there's amazing outlets for our emotions too you know art and all kinds of things that you know we can we can tap into that you know we're not you know we're not really kind of presented with really you know when we're a kid we're not you know kind of told well no you can't express your emotions but you can go do this <laughs> you can go do this creative thing to express your emotions kind of a thing so it it can take a little bit to to get there but i I do think it, it's that that's a challenge for for sensitives. Uh, you know, I yeah. mean, it's it's getting better. It feels like it's getting a lot better. Um, you know, yeah. but I do I do think the culture overall for males and 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 you know being open to talking about their emotions and expressing their emotions and not just anger because that's, you know, the most common fallback that, you know, that men are taught that it's okay to have that emotion, but none of the others, you know, mm. um, which is not healthy, you know, which is not healthy because we, we experience all, you know, we, there's the, the rainbow of emotions we can experience. Um, and I think for me, I get more comfortable expressing my, emotions as I go on at first when I started to do it in a healthy way you know it was I was clumsy at it sometimes it'd be okay sometimes I'd go too far off one side or the other 
you know, and, and, but it's kind of hard because it's like, how can emotions be right or wrong? You know, they just are, you know, and you're, you're entitled to feel whatever you're feeling. Nobody can, nothing, anybody can tell you how to, nobody can tell you how to feel. You feel how you feel. Well, but sorry, the people do. And that is the thing we have to learn as well. Uh, Let's say I especially have to learn that uh, because my, sorry, I, I didn't want to interrupt you. No, I was um, done. You go ahead. <laughs> okay. I, I raised up in a family in a family with lots of heads, let's say so. A lot of correctives. Mm. And well you, you said um, to hold back and so on. I did exactly the the opposite. Uh, mm. so people called me punk or freak or whatever. Mm. Uh, just well I, I shooted my emotions out like uh, a cannon mm. I, I know that is not good and especially in po- uh, poverty is uh, it's not really a good thing to do especially if you have nine people around you mm. um, yes <laughs> the thing is I, I my correct let's say so I, I'm not a really feeler anyways so I don't value them too high I I know my mechanism in my head is so fast that I break down emotions to the core and I accept them like they are. Mm. Um, yes, but absolutely, I have to understand my emotions before I can disassemble them with my thoughts. And that is exactly the crucial point if you never learn how to do that because mm. people don't understand you and tell, tell you all the time you have to do something normal or you have to behave normal and you should not be always so uh, exotic mm. <laughs> well, or the, the, the most favorite sentence of my mom was don't think too much that makes life only difficult uh. <laughs> I, I know everyone knows that yeah. sentence and it's so absolutely not helpful because it makes you even yeah. more lost yeah I can but but in the end, yeah. you have, I have to, I learned to accept myself. And this is why pushing buttons for me is a fun thing to do somehow. <laughs> and um, well, because it makes people up. And I think that is my, my, my way of facilitating my sensitivity. It doesn't have to be the bad way. <laughs> but yeah. I feel with my tools, I could be a super villain if I want to. And that somehow really scares me if you get my point. Yeah. There's one thing that came up for me. Um, I, I remembered a conversation that the the researcher Brene Brown was having with Oprah Winfrey. And they weren't talking about sensitivity specifically, but they were talking about shame and vulnerability and things like that. Mm-hmm. And one thing that, that Brene has found in her research is that empathy is hard. It's hard for everyone. It, it's, 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 it doesn't matter if you're sensitive or, or you know, if you have the sensitivity trait or not. Empathy, which is you know, putting yourself in someone else's shoes in terms of thinking, is, um, is just something that we don't really naturally do. It's something that we have to practice. And when I heard that, because empathy has always been a struggle for me, um, when I heard that, I was like, 
jumping up and down for joy because here's here's the you know the premier researcher on shame and vulnerability saying empathy's hard it's just it's just hard for everyone so so there's that you know there's it's it's like we don't need to beat ourselves up over lack of empathy because it's hard for everyone you know it's just a matter of practicing i guess is what i want to say Mm. Well said. Well said, Thomas. Yeah. I suppose that that does that makes a lot of sense because the easy, the easy way is always you know the quick and easy way is always the the uh, the downfall way you know, um, and not having empathy is a quick and easy thing to do, right? But having empathy requires a lot more strength and, you know, imagination, and imagination. Yeah. And, t- and tapping into your tapping into your own feelings, you know, like, how would I feel? You know, mm-hmm. How would I feel if this if that were me, you know, kind of thing. So, yeah. Yeah. And I, uh, I like what you said also, uh, Sebastian, about the. Uh, like self-acceptance and I think you're right that it has to start it has to start with you right it has to start with you genuinely thinking that it's okay for you to be like this it can even be positive for you to be like this and then you can decide who do I explain this to right some people are going to always say oh you're overthinking it or stop caring so much and some people, it doesn't matter. Okay, let them think that. Whatever, sure. I think a lot, whatever. Other people, it could be important to get them to understand and so you'll, you'll save your energy for them, you know, but you would never be able to explain it properly if, you know, if you yourself are not first convinced, like, yeah, okay, it's, this, this is what's going on with me. And it's okay. I absolutely get the point, and I I agree. But uh, well, everyone has their wound, and one family that don't understand that is always a big problem. But like you said before, um, that empathy is a hard thing. But I think empathy is has a wrong P, that has a PR problem. Because if I understand a problem, that doesn't mean I have to to react with compassion. I don't have to uh, to sit in the dark with a person who is pain. Well, I that is a problem I have often with my fiance. She says, "I have a, a golden heart, but I'm way too fast. I cannot. I I don't don't want to sit in the dark because it's pure pain. And why should I do that? It and yeah, that is the thing with with the empathy. I. It, what is it not better to find a solution? And that is my way, you know. Mm. That doesn't mean I don't understand the feelings. I think I do understand the feelings very well. So I take them into, I, I say I project them into myself and I feel pain and I don't want to feel pain. So I go into the solution part right away. Mm. Yeah, I, th- it's like... I've experienced that from others where I'll, you know, say how I'm feeling and then it's like, oh, but you could do this, you could do this, you could do this. And the truth is all I want is someone to listen. 
I don't, I, I don't necessarily want them to feel my pain. I just want to, I want them to like acknowledge me. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, and that's a hard learning f- it, when you're the one that is asked to listen because, you know, not all of us are good listeners. Not all of us have patience. Yeah. Right? There's, there's a certain, there's a, I suppose there's a certain tolerance that you need. Like I go, go fishing uh, out here in the Bay in San Francisco. I go fishing once a week. I go early in the morning and uh, I put my waders on and I'll go fishing for a couple hours. And I've been doing this every week um, since May. I still haven't caught a fish. And yet, I do it because of because I have a, a certain amount of tolerance and patience for just being out there, and there's of course many positives of being out there, being out in the fresh air and being in a beautiful place. Um, but I recognize that there are not many people that would join me doing that because I I have a have a a, a tolerance and a patience for that, and so the, I think that's something that that one I think one can develop it I don't know what do you think yeah yeah I I am I think it's very possible to have empathy and not not feel pain to such a degree that it's unbearable you know yeah I do think it's possible um to do that I I think it's up to to you or me or whoever we're talking about to decide how much that relationship means to you to be able to give it that attention um as well as your own you know your own personal boundaries i mean as an hsp i mean it's you know a common thing hsps experience is people people just walk up to them and they don't know them and they tell them their life stories <laughs> they just oh, yeah. you know and, and and you know they just kind of dump everything out kind of a thing and and that you know that's not acceptable you know and, and that's something you know the receiver the listener has to agree to and be okay with and you know if someone i was close to that i i could listen to them and share that space with them and have empathy for them and be there for them and not get lost in their pain essentially um you know i can do that but you know it has to be at a time that you know where where my level of being able to do that is 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 good you know um yeah i, I agree with that um you know like it happens yeah yeah, because it's, you know, it, it's a gift to be able to do that. It's a gift to be able to be with someone and listen and only listen, you know, not try to solve their problem or do anything else, but just to listen and for them to know that, you know, you care and you're there for them and you're not judging them or making any kind of, you know, whatever, um, that you're just there. Um, that's a, that's a, that's an amazing gift to be able to give somebody. I think that's one of the beautiful, beautiful things HSPs um, possess that, you know, 
I have some close HSP friends that have just, you know, I mean, it's, it's priceless. It's just, it's, it's an amazing thing. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's a great gift and it just means that it's not, but that doesn't mean that it's always there. It doesn't mean we can always give it. it doesn't mean we always know how to give it. So I think sometimes it's, it's good for us also to, to tell ourselves like, to not hold ourselves to that standard and to not say like, okay, I'm an HSC, so I have to behave sensitively, you know, like reminding ourselves that whatever behavior we engage in, like we have a choice about that, you know, and it doesn't have to, because we perceive things a certain way and we feel things a certain way. We still, there's always a range of behaviors that we have access to. So I think the more conscious we can become about that choice, like kind of the better we feel about, meeting our expectations or meeting other people's expectations or, or not meeting them, you know, based on what's right for us. I absolutely agree with that. Um, when, when I try to explain people what, what a highly sensitive person is, because the most of the people never heard that. And I always explain it. I have an, uh, electric screwdriver and I have to learn how it you uh, how to use it and well if, if no one explains you how to use it or if you never have to build a say a wardrobe or whatever you would never learn how to use it properly you just yeah you have it in your toolbox and it makes you heavy and it makes you I say complaining actually about who you are and what the fork is wrong with me and all this stuff <laughs> that that is not yeah. really helpful yes um but people do, do not understand it and well i don't want to judge people uh, but well when, when people tell you you are very good in in causing wars just because you point at problems that is really painful you know and this is why the sensitive thing is really how to say really important i think so the behavior thing i i what i learned now and that is really good that yeah it's a well we have to be how to behave and how to learn that we are pack animals we are not lonely wolves that is that is the the thing mm -hmm. i also think that that's something though that that's another thing that HSPs bring to the table that's a strength in that they will point out where they see, you know, an issue or something that is either an issue now or could be an issue in the future because they're all, they're processing information on a deeper level. So, which takes a lot of energy, <laughs> you know, so, so, um, it's kind of that, um, uh, you know, and, and a lot of people have that um, kind of kickback behavior where it's like shoot the messenger, shoot the person that's pointing out the, the issue and where, where they might not understand. No, it's just something that's being noticed and, you know, blame isn't being kind of pointed out or anything anywhere. It's more like, oh, look at this you know, this could be a problem and, you know, we could, we could solve this problem. 
and I wonder how we could solve this problem. So I think it's it's um, misunderstood a lot of times too, and and also too, it could be the way that you know the way that the HSP is uh, you know saying that you know depends how whoever they're saying it to how defensive they are or whatever you know what I mean. Mm. But I don't think it's a bad thing to notice those things. Yeah. It is a bad thing or not? No, I don't think it ah, is. I think okay. it's a very good thing. And okay. I think in a lot of family dynamics, like I know in mine, you know, it's the same thing. You know, I'm, uh, I'll point out a problem. And, um, you know, if people don't want to look at the problem or solve the problem, you know, and maybe they don't care because they don't feel like it affects them you know? Um, so then really it's a matter of, uh, for me deciding, okay, well, how big of a problem is that for me? <laughs> you know, is, is, is that problem impacting, you know, any kind of healthy boundary I have or that I'm working on or that I'm setting up, um, in order to create my life in such a way so that, you know, I enjoy it and, and I have a good environment that I've set up for myself. Um, because, you know, in a lot of, uh, for a lot of HSPs, you know, they're, they're the only one in their family or the, they're the only one that identifies as one in their family. And they're usually the scapegoat, you know, they're usually the bad guy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, or the black sheep or whatever, right? So I think you just kind of have to kind of, you know, decide for yourself, you know, what, what does a healthy relationship look like and how, you know, uh, what kind of healthy relationships do I want to develop, um, you know, that are going to feel good for me, that are going to improve my life, that are going to, you know, have meaning for me, um, where I can grow my sense of empathy and, you know, all these things that are, um, that make being an HSP, you know, a gift, you know, for, for just my opinion. Yeah. Well, well, as I said, I, I really consider it as well as a gift, but as well, you can use it as a weapon or like all the good things uh, you can use as a weapon. <laughs> yes, it is sorry. I always say that I, I use the metaphor to explain people of bigger problems. Um like every every massive monument throws a long shadow. And I think that is exactly what HSP thing is. You just have to look at it the good thing, otherwise it eats you up. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and uh, with with your podcast before I, I realized that people have problems I already faced myself but it's just a matter of time and, and peace with yourself. And that is so hard to give you something you never learned. And this is why, sorry, I have to say that it's so amazing that you guys do that because you really, I say, offer a home for people w- who search, you know. Well, Sebastian, um, I really want to thank you for posing this question because it really resonated with me. I mean, I really identified with it. So um, I really appreciate that you, that you asked this question and I'm curious how you feel about our conversation and if there's anything that resonated with you. Well, 
everything resonated with me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that is a really common problem with all of us um, because emotions are very dangerous if you put it, show it to the wrong people. Yeah. Um, yeah. I re really feel, oh, well, I am really glad that we, we were able to talk about that. Yes. Yeah. And they should care more about the uh, hows and less about the what's. So I am what I am, but I should mm -hmm. try to use the tools correctly or let's say in a good manner. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us today. Absolutely. That was a pleasure. Thank you, Sebastian. And, and thank you for complimenting us on, on, on what we're doing. We, we wouldn't be able to do it unless you and people like you came on with your questions. And so uh, thank you and really appreciate you. And thank you for your courage to ask your question. Uh, I really enjoyed chatting about it with you. And I know your question is going to be helpful for other HSPs too. I hope so too. Yeah. Thank you, Sebastian. Thanks, everybody. And uh, to our listeners as well. So please do join us for our next episode. where We will be talking about another interesting HSP question. If there are any HSPs out there, who have a burning HSP related question, big or small, feel free to write to us at info at hsp.world. Catch you next time.